You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Hey, welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here on the phone with Heather Shoemaker, and we're talking dangerous things today. Uh, yeah, what a fun topic. Well, of course, you can't <laughs> go wrong with danger. Uh, so where do you want to jump into this topic, Heather? Well, um, you know, I have, in my second book, It's Okay to Go Up the Slide, I have a whole section on risk and how we are all petrified about risk. And I do want to just say up front that risk and danger are, are different things. Um, but there are some risks that are appropriate that can be somewhat dangerous for young children to play with or do, such as, say, helping in the kitchen, you know, cutting up um, a carrot or an apple. That can be kind of dangerous, but it's a risk that is is appropriate if you know the kid, know what mood they're in, uh-huh. <laughs> and you give them a little bit of training because the basic thing about uh, you know sharp knives, for example, is that kids don't want to get hurt. Yeah. they do not like blood. They do not. They think band aids are cool once they're feeling better, but they do not like to get hurt. So if you give them a little bit of training, on the whole, kids will try to not hurt their bodies and not hurt other people. And and that just kind of that that need for self preservation just kind of makes sense, huh? Yeah, it does. And you know, I was thinking about knives because we had a birthday party at our backyard yesterday for my older child, and some of the kids, including his little brother, were younger ages, and some of his friends were a lot younger than he was. And well, we were having we had an archery tournament, and we had sword fighting where they had duels and they were whacking each other as hard as they could with cardboard shields. So the first thing uh-huh. they did was make the shields. Well, to make the shields out of thick, heavy cardboard, I provided an exacto knife, you know, a box cutter. Yeah. And it was amazing. Um, and, you know, these aren't three-year-olds. They're a little bit older, but, but say a nine-year-old had never used uh, a knife before. And it's just interesting. Different family cultures come out when you realize, oh, they've never lit a match before. Uh-huh. Or they've never used a knife before. And so I said, well, here's how you do it. You want to make sure your body is out of the way of where you're drawing the knife. Uh-huh. And beyond that, they get it. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <it's> <laughs> <sharp>. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it wasn't a party for two-year-olds, but there was a mix of ages. They weren't all... They weren't all um, used to this kind of thing, and it's amazing to see their faces and see their concentration, and and the pride of being able to handle a tool that is possibly going to bite you. Yeah, um, I, I I got a story for you. Yesterday, uh, grandbaby Rowan she got she got bit uh, by a tool. Uh, she was she was working on some uh, some welding with her with her daddy, and she got a little burn. Now they were. This is something she's been doing for half a year now, and they are very cautious and very um, mindful when they are when they are doing this because welding involves hot stuff, and and so they they do a very good job of being aware of aware of where the hot stuff is. And she moved a little bit, and she got a, just a tiny little a little burn on her forearm. And of course, tears and comforting from dad. And 
and then she moved on. Uh, she went to the grocery store later in the day with me and, uh, and ex- had to show the cashier and was explain and the cashier, you know, how that happened. She, I was welding with my dad and then I touched the fill rod and it was hot, it was hot and it burnt me, but I'm an adventure science girl and it, it's, oh, it's okay. Um, and, <laughs> and on with her, on with her day. And, and so I think, I think the, the, the danger of be, facing danger uh mindfully i think one of the things that really does for kids it's is it helps build up some resilience uh yeah. some some i i can i can do that and respect for the tool yeah uh, you know um my my uh, 8 year old cut himself with a knife the other day um when he was cutting some cardboard uh-huh. and it was a small nick you know on his thumb and he had he he's got lots of scrapes, you know, the bicycle falling over, all those sorts of yeah. skin knees and things. But he hadn't actually uh, he'd used a knife before helping in the kitchen. He likes to be a chef with me, uh-huh. but he hadn't actually um, stabbed himself yet. <laughs> you know, it's just a little <laughs> scratch thing. Yeah, and so he was thinking that he had the blood coming out, which was minor, um, was going to leak all the blood out of his body oh. because it was a knife cut, you uh-huh. know, and it wasn't just falling off his bicycle kind yeah. of cut. And so he was convinced that all the blood was going to leave his body. That must have been and terrifying we, for him. Well, it was. You know, so you never know, especially if kids aren't used to taking small risks when they're younger. Uh-huh. If they get older and older, they won't really even know what could happen to them. Um, so we put a very tiny Band-Aid on it, uh-huh. and he was amazed that it didn't leak out kept, all of it. <laughs> But um, there's a lot of emotions that go along with getting hurt. Uh And a lot of it isn't so much the pain as the fear that the child has. So you can just acknowledge that and say, wow, it's it's a bit scary when something like happens, isn't it? And then have them talk through because they probably, not only do they have a great story to tell, such as I burned my arm while (laughs) welding. (laughs) (laughs) But they they also... um, are able to process, they're dealing with the emotion of fear, which is a really hard one for, for us to accept as adults, and it can be a hard one for the kids to accept in that kind of fear of being afraid culture. I, I and, and not being exposed to these kind of, the, the opportunity to take a risk and, uh, and mindfully manage them uh, when you're little gets a little bit... Uh, it kind of restricts you when you get a little older because you, you, you become scared of these things you never have had any contact with. Yesterday we were at the zoo and we rode the, they've got a big old carousel and we rode that way many, way, many, many more times than I had planned on, but grandbaby was loving it. And as we're, as we're getting off the carousel once, I saw a, a, a little boy, must have been eight or nine, getting off a carousel horse and terrified to flip his leg over and climb down the horse, and his, his mother is 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 scolding him to you know just just kind of what she's saying is basically man up and do it. And at first, I didn't know if there was a physiological, I mean, just a physical thing that he. But I, I, from what I saw, is this is a kid who's never been allowed to climb, and so isn't confident climbing, and he was just terrified. And then mom's yelling at him for it. So um, if this child, when he was one and two and three and four, had been allowed a little bit more opportunity to climb and and scrape a knee once in a while and those kind of things, uh, getting off the carousel might not have been as as challenging for him. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do, I mean, if you're introducing welding, which we actually haven't done in our family yet, <laughs> but if you're introducing something like that, let's say fire, knives, welding, whatever else you want to throw into that category, there does need to be some training. Yeah. I mean, look at the knife, where's the sharp part of it? Um, that type of thing. Um, and with fire, okay, where do you hold your fingers on the match? Uh-huh. Um, and how close can you get and what's safe? Because the kids do not want to get hurt. But if you skip the step of training, well, yeah, I, I saw a young boy once who was walking along the edge of the fire ring, you know, on the rocks mm-hmm. to go around a typical campfire. Yeah. And he was doing a balancing act with the roaring campfire. <laughs> he hadn't been told that you don't walk on those rocks. <laughs> oh, my Some kids gosh. need more telling than others. But yeah. um, a, a few basics of training. And then... Um, they will encounter the tool in their own uh, um, comfort level, and they may be some of them may be pretty skittish of it. If a child is not ready to try a match under supervision, you know, respect that they're a little bit of afraid of it, and, yeah. and say, you know, that can be a bit scary. You're worried your fingers might get burned. Let's try again later sometime. So you don't have to push it. You must play with fire because you need exposure to dangerous things. Uh-huh. But you know, they may not be ready right now. But just give them that confidence that they will be able to do it. They don't have to do it today. But let them know that you believe in them, that they will be ready sometime. Uh-huh. Yeah, just having, having that support. Uh, what, other, what other dangers are we, uh, are we encountering? And what, one thing I hear from, from early learning people, I was, I was doing a presentation over the weekend, and, and this came up, is, is early learning settings are are very concerned about dangerous things because they're worried they're going to get sued. Um, licensing people are very worried about dangerous things because they're worried the state they work for is going to get sued. And, and so we've, we've created a world where we try to keep dangerous things away from young children in, in their early learning settings. And, uh, and, and I mean, we, we know better, but how do we, how do we support that in, in those kind of settings? Yeah, well, I think one of the main things, don't let your children grow up to be lawyers. No, that's, that's <laughs> not really true. But yeah, maybe. It's, it's, it's because the culture has, has created that, and, and, and people are eager to, to sue each other over, over ridiculous things. So the, the concern that the programs have that you mentioned are, are legitimate concerns. They don't, they don't want to be put out of business. They don't want to get sued. Um, I think you need to be upfront with families and be prepared to have a family leave your center. Mm-hmm. If this is something you believe in, um, for example, the School for Young Children has real-life bricks that kids can move around as young as three years old in the playground. And yes, the kids could throw them, I suppose. Uh-huh. They could drop them on their toes. They yep. could drop them on another kid's toes. But none of that has happened in 40 years. Um, <laughs> But to know that, that these, to have confidence that this is a good thing, and the kids are lugging them around all the time, testing their strengths, feeling powerful, building things, realizing, oh, I got my fingers pinched and that hurt, I'll be more careful next time. There's been a lot of learning with these bricks over the years, and they also have real hammers and real saws. Um, in the early learning um, preschool. And I know Montessori, they have a lot of sharp knives in in their practical living skills. Uh So there's a lot of programs that do incorporate sharp and heavy and dangerous objects in play. Um, 
But you really have to communicate that and be confident that this is something that's part of your play program and that you believe in it and that the kids will get some guidance the first time. I mean, nobody actually has taught the kids what to do with the bricks. <laughs> they see the bricks the f- and they move them around yeah, right. <laughs> in their play. So some things I don't think you need a lot of training. <laughs> don't need a lot of direct instruction on that. Lug this brick here. Make a pile. <laughs> um, but... You need to communicate with the parents and let them know that you're confident this is a a, a healthy part of the environment, that there are adults who are watching, that if the kids need to be trained, they will be trained, and and here's all the good things they're learning from it. Yeah. Um, But be prepared that if a family doesn't like it, that you might lose that family from your program, but another family would come who does appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. And, and when you have those conversations at the very beginning, uh, it weeds out those families. It's, it becomes a self-selecting group. If, if you're going through those things hopefully. in the... Yeah, hopefully, in the orientation, and you're saying, this is how we do things here, uh, it gives families the opportunity to opt out uh, before enrollment, and then that saves you future headaches. I think another thing that we need to to, to do uh, during that orientation process is is have a have a frank conversation about the fact that bumps and bruises and scratches and scrapes happen and are a natural part of childhood. And while we we will do what we can to prevent major injuries, these kind of things are just kind of uh, badges of play. Uh, that we should that we should expect and and I don't know if get comfortable with is the right term but uh, get I comfortable think it is with get comfortable yeah. With. yeah yeah and th- some of the children need to be uh, <laughs> helped get comfortable with this concept too because so many of them have heard from infancy you know be careful or you'll get hurt yeah and, um, some of them really haven't gotten too hurt over time uh-huh. um, so it's something that for the kids who are a little tentative um, and have had a pretty safe environment, if they're going to engage with another child in play that might be a little rougher or might be, you know, rough and tumble play or fast action outside running mm-hmm. and chasing, that they need to know it's okay, it's not the end of the world. Um, you fell down, you got hurt, your your knee is scraped, and and sometimes when you run fast, that happens. Yeah. And I know you I know you'll be okay because they're learning this concept. Their precious body has been injured and they are outraged. <laughs> it can really affect some kids extremely. Yeah. But just for them to realize this is normal, it's natural and we'll take care of you and you'll be okay. Yeah, one of the first things I said to Rowan yesterday when she was showing me her burn was, Well, now you know what it feels like. And I mean, you're, you're, since you since you've been working with your daddy with the welding stuff, he's been he's been telling you hot, and you know what hot is. But now you know now what, you know what it feels like to be to be burnt, and it's going to go away, and it's going to be fine. And now you know why it's so important to be careful around that kind of stuff. And so, um, getting getting bit uh, by the uh, by the tool once in a while is is actually a, a good thing when we when we shine that light on it. Right. And it's also um, a good first aid lesson. I mean, now she knows what you do to treat a burn. Yeah. So, you know, when one of my kids burned his finger um, helping me cook, well, you put it under the running water, uh-huh. and you get the cold, and you, you don't do all these things for a burn. Well, they've learned that because it happened to them. Yeah. Um, and hopefully these are all very minor little scrapes and burns because those are the ones that, that we like best. Uh-huh. Um, but all those little things, oh, you, you have a... You have a cut, okay, we'll get you, we'll wash it out, and we'll get a Band-Aid. They're learning what you do, how people take care of each other when someone gets hurt. 
and 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 the only way we the only way we learn those things is is through experiencing them. I mean, you can sit down with a group of kids and 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 talk about treating a burn in circle time for twenty minutes, but it doesn't stick the way dealing with a, a burn or a, or a cut or a, or a blood blister under your fingernail because you hit yourself with the, with the hammer. Um, right. and, and so those real experiences are what sticks. You know, one thing I find helpful, because a lot of this is adult mindset, uh-huh. is um, either talking to the older generation about what kind of things they did as kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, you know, what age they started cooking at the stove or what age they started using a real saw or whatever the thing is. Um, and or reading books that were written a while ago. Because not that you have to mimic exactly what was done in a previous generation, but I think what it does is gives us uh, perspective that, wow, we've come a long way from trusting kids of age four to do that or age seven uh-huh. to do that. And it makes us realize, oh, well, if kids a generation ago could do that, maybe... Um, we could at least take a baby step in that direction. Yeah, well, we've we've talked about this before. Uh, Charlotte's Web swinging and on uh, on the t- the swing on the rope in the uh, in the uh, hayloft. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean that's terrifying to a lot of adults now. And and that and that and that beautiful story that and, and it's so descriptive. Uh, these young kids doing that that dangerous thing. Um, there's there's great value in that. We're reading. Um, um, at home, we're reading Tom Sawyer editing out certain parts, but basically uh, trying to trying to make it less racist. But we're um, following the adventures of Tom Sawyer, and it you know as a young kid, he's using a knife and he's starting fires mm-hmm. and he's doing all sorts of things that aren't the um, they're just considered normal. Um, and all the kids have been doing it from very young ages. So are you? Are you kids, kids have pocket knives. Are you? Are you going to go? Out, are you going to go out and get your boys a dead cat to swing around? <laughs> oh, they love the sections about dead cats. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime a dead cat is mentioned in the book, which um, it happens quite often. A cat lover, please forgive us on this, but <laughs> there's some very funny parts about that. There are. It's and and yeah, that connection with it. Um, we're we're coming up on on our on our on our regular ending time for an episode. I want to throw something else out there. We mentioned uh, I mentioned get people worried about getting sued um, in in their programs, and that's why they they put off a lot of dangerous stuff uh, for two or three years now. When I'm doing presentations that relate to this, I'll ask the audiences, um, and this is early learning people how. How 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 many of you have had your program sued for climbing or jumping or using knives or hammers or that kind of thing? And in a room of two hundred people, I'll have maybe one hand go up. And often, if if the lawsuit went any place, it was because it should have because the program had like a warm body working for them instead of a a early learning professional. Um, and and so. I think there's a fear of lawsuits out there that isn't as real as as uh, we may think it is. I, I think I think it's, we've created a boogeyman there uh, that that kind of uh, uh, right. scares us away from this kind of stuff. For for programs or families, um, you, you know, if you're worried about the the play equipment and whether it's safe and what you might be allowed to do with licensing and 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 all these sorts of um, restrictions. Um, what about just taking the kids for a walk to a um, a bit of a park that has trees or logs and things like that? Mm-hmm. If you have access to get to a place that has some nature, um, 
there's not much that people are going to see you about, oh, they're taking the kids outside to look at nature. <laughs> they went into but nature. Once you're outside, they can balance on the logs, and they can jump, and they can climb. Uh-huh. And so there's less, there's less um, restrictions over a log than there are about all the different play sets and, and equipment and so consider that. Walk down the street, see if you can find a tree. Yeah. What one last simple thing I think is is we need to be a little bit more mindful of doing doing benefit risk assessments because we we tend to focus on the risk, the risk, the risk, the risk, the danger, and and we don't pay attention. And, and you mentioned this earlier to the to the benefits of this thing. And so if we look at the benefits first, and then mindfully assess the risks uh, realistically. Uh, a lot of times we, 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 we're going to come out in favor of, of doing this thing because the, the benefits far, far, far outweigh the potential risks. Right. Anything else before we wrap this one up? Well, I just, uh, just speaking of the benefits, I think that kids really do appreciate in their, their sense of self and confidence um, how much we trust them to do something that, no, it's not safe. And knowing that it's not safe um, not only makes them try not to get hurt, but they really begin to feel a little more important in, in the world because they are trusted with trying to do something that that's regular people do. Yeah, it's yes. It's not a, you know, an approved toy. It's just something as, as part, of, part of life. Yeah, they feel stronger, more capable, more, more like they're a, a real, a real grown-up human being, and you can't go wrong there. <laughs> a real human being, a real, yeah. A real, a real human being. Uh, hey, this has been Renegade Rules. We'll be back uh, next Saturday with another episode. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, hey, we pre- really appreciate you listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. And if you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.